Welcome to the Housing Literacy Podcast with host Matt Garino, founder of Powerful Homes. Matt's mission is to empower dreams through home ownership. We're here to help. We're going to do this together. And now, Matt Garino. Welcome back to the Powerful Homes Housing Literacy Podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome. Excited you're here. Uh, If you're coming back, uh, welcome back. And what we do here on this podcast is talk about housing literacy. If you Google financial literacy, you'll find millions of hits, tons of books. If you Google housing literacy, I have found, you you may not find anything. So what is housing literacy? It's basically how do you use your home that you own or investment properties that you've purchased to create more stability, create more resources and create more happiness in your life. Uh, I have found that there's, in my experience, no, no, nobody teaching that. In middle schools, high schools, colleges, I went to business school. Uh, nobody taught it to me. Um, I So basically, I've been self-taught. I got a paper out, as I talk about, in a book I wrote called Powerful Homes, which I released last summer, uh, how I just started with the paper out, used that to go to college. After college, I started buying properties. And what I learned was uh, there was a certain mindset and a set of tactics that I uh, learned to you know, create for myself that I was able to buy low and sell high and, and create good opportunities for tenants. Um, and it was just a really great situation. So I wrote the book summarizing those learnings, basically those best practices. So I'm excited to talk to you about it. And my, the goal is really just to bring you value, bring you something on this podcast you haven't heard before that you can use right now in your life, whether you're trying to create more resources, um, if you've had an unexpected expense possibly in your life, maybe a job loss and an income loss, um, some of these uh, tactics are very real and you can use them immediately. Um, and I'd love to help you on that journey. I wrote the book Powerful Homes, created an online course uh, through a nonprofit we have, the Powerful Homes Foundation. And we just I'm really just trying to put this information out there so people can use it to improve their lives. And I will leave my phone number at the end of this uh, podcast. I'd love to answer any texts or calls. Uh, any feedback you have, um, and I'd uh, love to in- interact with you on it. So one couple of quick qualifiers. One is, this is kind of a judgment-free zone. I have no agenda here. Uh, I'm not looking to sell you on anything. Uh, I'm not looking to make um, you believe my way is right. Um, this is just a series of things I've done. All the things I'm gonna talk about today, and uh, in- everything I talk about, I've done. Uh, I've built homes, I've done land development, I've done hundreds of fix and flips all over the country. Um, so this isn't, this isn't regurgitating information I've read about. I've done these things, um, but I don't have it all figured out and I don't have all the answers. And real estate is not the end all be all. Um, a balanced portfolio should have stock, bonds, uh, investment companies, things like that. Um, this is just my point of view and there's no religious agenda, political agenda. Uh, it's not a religious thing, uh, political thing. It's just a thing thing that I want to share with you. And, and I also won't judge you if, if for wherever you are in your journey, if you're young, old, you own a ton of property or you just want to get your first home, happy to talk to you about that. And I'd love to add value to your, your process. So let's jump into it. So 10 non-obvious ways to add value in real estate. That's our topic today, part one. So we'll have a, we'll have a second uh, round of this uh, as well. Um, but this is the, these are the top 10 uh, ways I have learned um, and paid daily to know how to add value to homes. So there's a few key concepts that kind of are woven through all of these things. And the first one is that the market's always the boss. I'm not the boss. You know, I have my own tastes and, and, and things that I like. Um, but what I love about real estate is that it's ever, it's ever changing, right? Every day there's a new market. 
just like the stock market, which sometimes trades on emotion, but usually it gets it right in the long run. Real estate's the same way. Um, it trades in emotion from time to time, but typically the highest selling property is the highest selling property for a reason. The lowest selling property is, is the lowest for a reason. So, um, which leads us to the second thing that success leaves clues, right? So success leaves clues. One of the things I love about real estate is the answers are all there if you're willing to dig for it. And then finally, quality sells no matter what's going on in the market. If there's a dip or it's going up, um, I always emphasize quality. So if you have a choice of to do a lot of work on a home with not high quality materials or doing a little bit with high quality, I would always I would always lean towards doing quality things, doing quality um, labor and using the best guys and the best people and also hiring really high quality stuff. It always sells. And it's kind of an insurance policy if the market dips to have a high quality uh, house and product. So those are the three you know, guiding principles, but here are the, there are the top five of the 10 um, ways to, non-obvious ways. So I should say, there's a lot of websites and a ton of books about um, quick strike things to add value, like paint the house, you know, upgrade your lighting, or you know, really kind of surface level stuff. So these are non-obvious ways to add value to a home. So number one is to keep the most important things the most important. And what do I mean by that? What are the most important things? And we're talking about houses here, residential properties. I would say that the most important thing is the curbable kitchen and the master. Anybody that's worked with me for any period of time, I've been doing this 25 years, I might say that every single day, every single day. So it's curb, curb appeal, the kitchen and the master. So why are that those things the most important and the biggest drivers of value? If it doesn't look good from the outside, people aren't gonna wanna buy it. They're not gonna wanna go in it. And it's, it just sends off the, the, the wrong message of, of if, it's, if it's not quality from the curb, it's not gonna be quality inside. So a big driver is to get the curb appeal right. And the cup, there's some big ways to do that with your, a new roof. You can do um, paint colors, flat work, fencing, landscaping. Um, you can also improve the curb appeal in small ways with new cool house numbers or lighting, different kinds of lighting and make a super cool um, mailbox or you can put a door knocker on it. Um, but whatever you do, I would make sure you get the curb appeal right. So if you're sitting there at home saying, how can I add value? Number one is to increase the um, curb appeal. Number two is to get the kitchen right. What's the most important room of the house? It is the kitchen. And so lots of ways you can do that. You can up update the flow and the layout. You can add new lighting. You can make it kind of an indoor outdoor space with a, a door that, that kind of goes into the wall. That's a really popular thing. But if I was gonna focus on one immediate way I was gonna increase the value of my home, it'd be the curb peel in the kitchen. And then finally it's the master, the second most important room of the house. Um, some homes don't, don't have a master, right? Some homes don't have a master at all. So um, if, you, if you don't have one, it's okay. But if you do have one, to make an ensuite, you know, a, a private bathroom is a really good idea. Um, but you know, upgrading the master, because that's again, one of the most important rooms of the house beyond the kitchen. Um, so number two, the number two non-obvious way to increase value of a home, and it's that size matters. Make it bigger if you can, but always use a permit, right? So size does matter. What does that mean? That means that houses trade on, on a, usually on a, you take the size of the home, it's either above grade or above grade and below grade, below, uh, below the level, the main floor level, or just above grade, like in Colorado and the Denver Metro, it's just above grade. So um, if it's a thousand square feet and you can find a way to add 200 feet, 
then if it's trading on a, a per foot basis, um, it'll just multiply that per foot basis times the footage. So if you add footage, you add value. So um, what are some ways to do that? I think you can complete the basement. You can complete the attic, right? And put a, put a stair in. You can even complete the attached garage or the detached garage and build a new garage if, if you can, um, or add an ADU, an accessory dwelling unit, something that's behind the house. Um, so adding square footage is a really, really good way. Um, and another one is to move the mechanical room in the basement. You can either, either move it outside or you can move it into the attic. I've done, you know, like I said earlier, I've done all of these things. I used to do a lot of bungalows, old bungalows in the Denver area, Park Hill, Mayfair, Montclair, those subdivisions. And what I do is I take the furnace and I'd hang it in the attic, just hang it. It's not the most efficient way to heat a house, but because the heat rises and that way it'd have to come down. But getting past that, um, I'd move that. And then I'd move the water heater. I'd put a tankless water heater somewhere else. So then I'd pick up a couple hundred feet in the basement. Um, another big thing, a practical way, rubber meets the road, uh, non-obvious way to add value is to check your assessor's measurements and, and make sure they're right. So a lot of times, people don't know this, but a lot of times older areas in cities um, are measured from 1920 from the inside walls. This might seem like very esoteric, but measured from the inside walls. So if it's a 20 by 50 home, you, you, you'd say, you know, and you measure from the, in, and that's from the inside, you'd say it's a thousand feet. But typically, assessors now over the last 50 years have moved to outside walls well you might say well who cares well it's if it's 50 by 20 you'd add a foot because you usually go from the outside wall so you'd add basically 140 feet times the square footage it could be a pickup of fifty thousand dollars let me give you an example of that this summer i was working with a powerful home student and she wanted to buy a property in lakewood and we made it we looked at it and when i first walked into the property i could tell that the square footage was off. And it turns out that there was a porch that wasn't included in the MLS listing of about 300 feet. I have no idea why. Well, I, I have a clue of, what, of why. It was because I, I don't think it was heated. So that, that house was 300 feet bigger than it, than it said on the county records. So what we did is we heated it for minimal cost, called the county, made, it, uh, made them add it, and they, the, um, the student picked up a ton of value doing that. So don't assume that the county records are right and don't assume that the methodology is even understood. Non-obvious way to add value. So the last one is to dig out the basement. Again, size matters, adding footage. A lot of, I've done this many times where a basement will be six foot and it really won't count because it's not tall enough. And what people may not know is the footings go six, eight, ten inches below on the side into the ground. So you could easily just dig that out uh, literally with 10 people with buckets, re-pour the floor because it's not a structural thing, and then add an entire basement for a minimal cost. Like I said earlier, I would, I would strongly recommend you talk to an engineer, talking with um, an architect and all of that and great contractors. But those are, those are some serious, non-obvious ways to add value. So another one is zoning myth versus reality. Um, so often, you know, people think they know or they think because they called somebody at zoning that um, what they said is true. Um, but I would make sure that you understand that your zoning, that it says it is for your home, your property, that is what's happening in the market. Um, so a couple things with the zoning. So one is that um, if you subdivide, say you have a duplex, you can make sure the zoning would allow you to subdivide and sell two, two townhomes. 
Sometimes they'll tell you you can't, and then you really dig into it, and you can. So what, why does that add value? It's kind of like, you know, if you've ever bought a 12 pack of soda or pop, right? It, it costs four bucks at 7-Eleven, but if you sell them separately, sell them separately, they're a dollar each. So the, the value, just like the value goes up when you sell something separately, again, non-obvious ways to add value. When you sell two townhomes versus the whole thing, it could be worth 15 to 25% more, if, if not more than that. So again, the zoning myth versus reality, understanding it. Another way with the zoning is to assemble lots. You could assemble lots by you know, asking your neighbor if they wanted to sell, or if you wanted to join forces with three of your neighbors and you all go together and sell it together. So now you're assembling some land that could be sold to a builder or someone else for a different use. Um, again, it's a non-judgment zone, so I'm not promoting or, or advocating gentrification or anything like that. This is just how can people add value to their home in a non-obvious way. So finally, you can do the combination of both of those things, zoning versus myth versus reality. I had a property in Washington State in Tacoma where it had a giant piece of land next to an old bungalow or an old house, uh, turn of the century home. And what I did is I subdivided and sold those two lots to a builder. And then I took my property and turned it into a, a converted duplex. Basically did both of those things. And um, I had no basis in the house because I sold the land. And then what happened is the builder built those homes and my home value went up. So, so that was a, just an amazing thing, layer and layer and layer of value creation in, on, for my property. Um, so another one is to, I always say, add some sizzle, right? But at a reasonable price. Add some sizzle, but at a, at a, at a reasonable price. Because as I've said earlier, that curb bill kitchen and your master are the majority of the, the value of your home, or that's the way the market looks at it. Um, but I also think it's pretty cool to add things like exposed brick, um, maybe vaulted ceilings in your kitchen, give a lot of volume. If you had a small kitchen, you wanted to, you know, again, add value to the most important room in the house, you can vault it for a few thousand dollars. It feels dramatically different than it did without a vault. Um, some other things you can do to sizzle things is you can add an accent color to one of the walls in the common areas, or, you know, put a wine rack on the wall in a really cool place with a few um, bottles of wine in it, just a cool feature. Um, you can use some reclaimed wood that, that you see sometimes in commercial areas or downtown um, urban centers. Really neat, just, to, just get a few thousand dollars of reclaimed wood and put it as an accent. Um, or just a well-placed, super cool light um, adds value. But I would do this in moderation. You don't have to go crazy. Uh, remember the market's the boss, the market likes a couple of sizzle things, but you don't have to go crazy with it. It's a, these are all practical, non-obvious ways you can increase the value of your home. And when you do that, if you're looking for ways to create more resources, say you created and found out that your home was at, you know, 300 more feet than you thought at 400 bucks a foot, right? That could be 120,000. If you increase your home value, go to an appraiser, then go to a lender and say, look, I have 120,000 more value in my home. Uh, maybe you can pull out a second mortgage, right? To pay for those unexpected expenses. So these are all housing literacy concepts but it really starts with value creation for your home. So a final, a fifth of 10 non-obvious ways, part one uh, is today, is to avoid surprises and, and stay on top of the bones of your house. Um, you know, to, to service the appliances, 
you know, to make sure your plumbing and all your, um, your electric lines are, 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 are well maintained. Uh, if they're not grounded, I would do that. Um, for sure, there's lots of ways you can call your electrician and make sure that they're grounded in the proper the proper way. Um, keep the keep things up to code. Um, you know, make sure your windows are in good working condition and that you upgrade your carpet and flooring as it all wears out. So again, these are the top five ways to the non-obvious ways that you can add value. And hope, hopefully, you've, you've found some value in that. Uh, and again, I've done all of these things many, many, many times in multiple states all over the country. And um, I would love it if you had any questions or feedback uh, about these techniques and, and kind of the mindset. Uh, you always looking at quality, always keeping your eye on the market. The market's your boss, not your personal tastes. Um, love to hear from you. So my cell phone number is 303-885-1644. And if you're interested in, in checking out our book, uh, my book, it's uh, powerfulhomes.org. And, and again, really glad you're here. Um, look forward to the next time on Housing Literacy with Powerful Homes. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Housing Literacy Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment, and hit that subscribe button. And stay connected with Matt Garino by visiting www.powerfulhomes.org.